Introducing the all-new Romeo y Julieta Passione. The story of this cigar dates back almost a year, during a visit to the Flor de Coupon factory in Honduras. We witnessed the endless amount of passion and love the workers put into each and every cigar. This hand-rolled cigar uses a blend of Dominican and Honduran filler tobaccos, along with a rich and flavorful binder from the US. The wrapper is a zesty Ecuadorian Habano leaf that offers up notes of pepper, leather, nuts, and a dash of cocoa. Ignite your passion and pick up a box of the Romeo y Julieta Passion at jrcigars.com. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Here we are, Jordan. Whoa! With my uh, trusty producer, Jordan. I am your host. I am hiding below. You can call me logo. Eric or Master Sensei if you so desire. This is episode 243 of Smoke Night Live, ladies and gentlemen. This is the late night cigar show every Friday night without fail, sometimes Monday. Um, Jordan, we had a, we've had a crazy couple weeks. Oh. We've, had, we've had some heavy hitters. Crazy, even a crazy day. Crazy day. We've had uh, Bobby Newman, Alan the Rubin. Rubster, the Rubster. <laughs> Nick Perdomo. The dumb, the dumb. And that was a great show on Monday. We had a good time on Monday. We'll do a show any night of the week. We don't pretty, care. Pretty much. But uh, no, typically it's Friday night, which is why we're here tonight, of course. Um Got a great show lined up for you guys tonight. Uh, our good buddy, which we'll announce uh, announce in a minute, uh, William Cigar Coop Cooper, and of course Nick Labretti from JR Cigars. So it's going to be a blast. But I, I see tons of people joining us on Facebook. This is great. Chad, Kevin, Jody D, uh, Karen is on. Sharon is on. Bob Driscoll, Michael wow. is on. I mean. The guys are flowing in, the guys and gals. Guys, I think everybody is feeling, Jordan, is feeling the itch to get their Let's lives get back, back to normal. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. we got to do it responsibly. Obviously, this is a serious situation. Nobody's discounting the, the, the you know, coronavirus itself. Obviously, you know, we don't want you know, older people to get that or people with underlying conditions. So you got to continue to be diligent, Jordan, and be smart about it. Like if you're not feeling well, you should stay home. You should stay in your house, right? And if you have folks that are that you, that you know that are <laughs> that are older or, you know, maybe have, you know, lung issues or whatever, you know, stay away from those guys. We got to be careful. But at the same time, I sort of sense it sort of seems like Jordan today, just today, it feels like it's beginning to open up a little bit. Something is in the air. Something happened. Something besides coronavirus is in the air. Yes. And I don't know if it's springtime or what, but it just feels right. The weather is beautiful here in lovely Colorado. Jack's got the itch. Jack's got the itch. And if Jack's got the itch, by golly, he should go to a doctor. <laughs> go to a doctor for crying out loud. But seriously, folks, um, hey. We just figured out I, I last week, right, Matt, that Cigar BQ is Sunday, May 24th, our 10th annual Cigar BQ, Matt. It's going to be big. It's going to be big because it's our 10th annual Cigar BQ, which means from your house, you don't have to go out. This is the perfect stay-at-home event. Stay at home, but get some fun stuff to barbecue. Um on that day, May 24th, wow us with your barbecuing skills. And if you do, using hashtag CigarBecue2020, you might win some incredible prizes from Drew Estate because this year's CigarBecue, fellas, is sponsored by Drew Estate. And the number one prize, the grand prize, it's sick, is amazing. It's a, Web it's a Weber grill, but the grill itself it has... Um, Drew Estate in the grill, so like it's it's an incredible grill. So if you can get your if you can get your hands on this thing, if you can be the grand prize winner, you'll be Jordan, the talk of the neighborhood. 
I'm going to see if I can find a photo yeah, of yeah, that real quick. Yeah, we should have done that before. That's Oh, y- you know what? You can you can go into the um into this uh into Cigarbecue's uh folder and you can find that image if you want, Jordan. But that's going to be a blast. So, so typically like people ask like, "All right, so what is Cigarbecue?" Cigarbecue is everybody is doing their own thing at their own house. Typically we in, we ask you to invite friends over. You have to do that at your own, you know, like if you feel comfortable doing that, fine. But otherwise, just you can be by yourself. You can literally just be with your own family at your house grilling stuff. We want to see like your food preparation pics, you know, what you're drinking. And on that day, Jordan, get this. This is going to be really cool. Yes. We're going to do a live video and Juan Cancel is going to come on. And he's going to he's going to make his famous old fashioned live on the air that night or that day, you know, sometime during the day. I don't know what time yet. And then Jordan right here, trusty producer Jordan Yo. is going to live create his old fat, his old, his white trash old fashioned. That's my thing. It's his thing. And I, if you haven't seen how it's to make stanky. a white trash old fashioned, you got to check it out. It's, it's, and it's a game changer. We might, uh, we might be brewing some beer if anybody wants to. Yeah. Join us in that. Wait, what? Do you, what are we gonna brew? Ooh, Matt asked. Yeah, good uh, question. I'm thinking some sort of a uh, milkshake Berliner. A what? Milkshake bl- Berliner. What is that? It's like a Berliner, but with lots of lactose and uh, haze. Mm. I thought I thought there was gonna be some strawberry involved. Might be strawberry involved. Mm. So yeah, we're gonna be brewing beer. We're gonna be cooking food. We're gonna be smoking cigars. And the hashtag that day, May 24th, Sunday, May 24th, is Cigar BQ 2020. There, there it, is. it is. So if you want to if you want to win that Weber grill, you gotta participate. Somebody is gonna win a sick Drew Estate Weber grill. And there'll be other prizes too, but this is just the grand prize. I'm just trying to whet your appetite for what you might think win. It's sexy. Hey, um, Jordan, I'm thinking next week on the show. So Klaus Kellner from uh, Davidoff is going to be on the show next Friday night. That's right. I'm thinking that we're going to induct some people into the Cigar Dojo Members Hall of Fame. Who should we induct? Throw in your votes. Into the Cigar Dojo Members Hall of Fame. You're going to join guys like, you know, Brad from Tampa, Bob McDonald, Donald Smith, Chris Flood, DeFord. D. Pittman, she's in the Hall of Fame. She's a Hall of Famer. We need to induct some 2020 members. So if you've got ideas, post them right now. Who's got what it takes? Who's got what it takes? So what does a Cigar Dojo member Hall of Famer act like? I mean, this is a person that's just on the app all the time, or maybe he helps in some other way, he or she. Maybe they go on every trip we do. Maybe they watch every show we do. People that have ingrained themselves, Jordan, into the dojo community. Maybe they have a face tat. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, like they could have just have a dojo face tat right here. I mean, that, boom. It's instant Hall of Fame status. Right You're there. in. Boom. Uh, Randy, if you want to be in, face tat. That's the only way to do it. Right there, baby. <laughs> if you do that, maybe we'll let you in. So that'll be a blast. Um, quarantine, Jordan. We're, we're slowly easing out of this thing. So boring. But... You know, the actually, t- it's exactly the same for me. Nothing has changed at all. Me either. My it's entire just, family. But it's still it's boring. My entire family's been there at the grocery stores working to make sure that you guys get your toilet paper. So, like, literally nothing has changed. Jolene, yeah, that's a good Jolene. She could make it. There's Scott Braban. Hey, doing Scott? Jordan, what are what are your most um what are the most overused quarantine business taglines? In these trying times. Yes. That's my number one. In these trying times. Every commercial starts with that. In these trying times. But it's almost at this point, like, if you don't start a commercial like that, it's like, mm, geez, those guys don't care about. <laughs> How about this one? Curbside service. Curbside service. That one's popular. I, this one's uh, not used as often, but misohani. No, that is not I've one. I've heard that one a few times. That is not one. No, that is not one. Come on, what are you talking about? I've never heard that once. Oh, my God. All right, let's bring our guests on. Uh, 
probably the most uh, repeated guest on Smoke Night Live history is none other than William Cigar Coop Cooper. William, welcome to Smoke Night Live, Oops, my that's friend. Not, that is not, neither of those are him. There he is. <laughs> how you doing, Coop? There you go. Hey, guys, how you doing? Great. Uh, thanks, everyone, for having me tonight. I appreciate it. Oh, no, we're glad to have you on the show. And also, Nick Labritti of JR Cigars. Now you can put Nick up on Now I'm going to put Coop up. Now you can put Nick up. How you doing, Nick? Good, Eric. I just want to say, you know, in these trying times, it's important that we keep doing uh, videos like this. So Classic. thank you very much. Yes. If you got... would have worked in all three of those taglines into oof. the opening, oof. If you could have, have somehow, you, a Hall of Fame you could have somehow. Squeaked... I'm not going to do the third one. I'm not doing the third one. <laughs> Horny. Corp- curbside service, Misa Horny. No, that doesn't even. I don't think that's a thing. So, so boys, uh, what are we smoking tonight in your respective lounges? Anything? I have the uh, Tapped YK222. Oh, that is a oh. good cigar. Yeah. Yep. Nice pick. Yeah. I had one more of these left, and I said, let me pull it out tonight. I wanted to pull something out, like, you know, really good, a little newer, but kind of a cigar that's going on to become a classic right now, for sure. How's that thing aging? Like, I remember really liking it when it came out. Yeah, age has been very kind to it, is what I'll say. All right. I was a little iffy on the fence when I had it first, but the age on it, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, Nick, are you able to smoke in your location? Or are you in the non-smoking location? I'm in the non the non-smoking room of the house, but uh, I got to have a couple today, including uh, as we spoke before, I uh, my first ever Cohiba Spectre, which was nice, and uh, I lit up my third this week of our brand new uh, Romeo Passion. So ah, that one now. Let's let's dive right into that right now, Nick. Let's talk about the the new exclusive cigar for JR Cigars. The Romeo e Julieta Passion. So tell us about that. Well, how did that come to be? Like that one sort of hit me by surprise. That's a, a really cool sounding cigar. Tell us about it. Sure. So we wanted to. You know, we, we were doing this project with Romeo for a while. Um, we're getting the blend down, doing you know samples. We finally settled on a sample that we thought was really good, and especially at the price point we were looking for. But we were having trouble coming up with a name. Now I know everyone's going to think that oh, it's about like passion for tobacco. It's it's not that so uh we had the uh pleasure of a few of our team including greg who's my producer um got to go to the florida copan factory in honduras i want to say this was in late february uh early march and right as we were getting into like starting to discuss like you know getting the bands made up and everything and they got to interact with a lot of the field hands and the rollers and the bunchers and it wasn't just a passion for tobacco. It was the, a passion that these folks had for their craft. They took such pride in the exact thing that they were doing that they worked you know, tirelessly hours and hours to make sure everything was perfect, everything was right. They really loved it. And so we wanted a cigar that was really going to showcase uh, not just their passion, but anyone's passion, the passion for your work, whether you're you know, a cook or you know, a welder or a mechanic, someone who really has the passion for what they do and strives to succeed at it. And we wanted this cigar to kind of emulate that journey that someone would take. Um, the blend on it, I think, is is absolutely fantastic. It uses an Ecuadorian Habano ramp, uh, wrapper, an American binder, and then it has uh, Dominican and Honduran fillers. Um, and Florida Copan, that factory, has really been making some amazing products uh, the past couple of years, including the Henry Clay Warhawk from last year. And I think they're continuing their success with this new uh, private label that we have. So that cigar um, has... No Nicaraguan tobacco in it, but it has a wide range of tobacco. You have uh, four countries involved, mm-hmm. so there could Let's be see. some complexity there. When does it go on sale? Uh, it's available uh, now, actually. Everything's been uncommitted. We had pre-orders uh, earlier this week, but you can go right now to the website. I'm going to double-check that to make sure. <laughs> but uh, no, but it, 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 does, uh, it should go up today. Uh, it's available in four different sizes. All right. And uh, your, your, your classic sizes, your Toro, Bellicoso, uh, Magnum, and Robusto. And, uh, yep. How would you, uh, how would you describe here. the smoking experience? So I thought when, I, when they told me what the blend was for the, for the test sample when we were testing them, that it was going to be just you know, kind of like a spice, earthy bomb, you know, that mixture of the Ecuadorian wrapper and then kind of those, those Honduran fillers. But it actually has a really subtle chocolatey cocoa taste to it, kind of underlying throughout there, along with some nice touches of spice too. Medium, hindering on medium to full, but not not quite full, um, but really great flavor. That flavor that just makes you want to kind of keep puffing at it. You don't want to put it down. 
Um, and I, I'm usually this is a little thick for me. Our Toro size, I usually like more like a 50 or a 52, but it smokes tremendously well in this size. I got to say that's been my favorite size so far. And the uh, price point on this guy is to the nine dollar range. Uh, you know, box boxes of 20 are about 145 to 150, depending on the size you're getting. Bellicosa is going to be a little bit more. It's like 151. You know, so right, right, right in that range. Nothing crazy. And they're Sol- I, solid Romeo. I assume there's a you know a, a fairly large amount available for folks to buy. Or yeah, this... yeah. When you do a private label to Romeo, you make sure there's enough to go around. Right, right. No, no, no. So you guys have been doing a few of these things. You did the uh, Cabanas with uh, Don Pepin Garcia. And now this, like, it seems like you know in the past you guys have done um, a lot of like the. Um, uh, it seems like now you're putting some energy into these sort of exclusives, maybe more than in the past. Am I out of line by you saying that? You can say that? we did, we did a lot of bundles. You can go ahead and say it, Eric. It's all right, okay. all right. I, I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to sound like a dick or anything. But no, 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 not at all. I mean that for for a while. Um, even when I started with the company, that was kind of the focus point. But we're expanding that now. Um, Rafael Nadal, who's the head of product capability for Tobacco Layer USA, has done. Just a tremendous job, not just in our private labels, but I mean, if you see the product that Altidus came out with this year, from the HMO 175th to the Hispaniola, the, the Monte Cristo Cinquenta, just uh, fantastic uh, c- cigars. And he wants us to to be more in this kind of creative universe, you know, creating these, you know, more elegant, higher level. I mean, we have some projects in the pipe right now. They're going to be, you know, even a step above this in terms of price and, and, um, availability and we're also looking to do some kind of dojo-esque stuff in terms of very limited private labels you know short run stuff with some uh, with some popular manufacturers so yeah we're, we're trying to just expand our our private label portfolio in, gotcha. uh, in any way that we can that's cool man that's the that's the fun of this right and that's the fun yeah. for for cigar smokers because we all like to try different new stuff so that's so, that's the dream so the passion seems more like a classic uh, profile like a classic uh, it has a classic look about it uh, maybe the profile is classic and uh, it seems like maybe that's what you guys were going for there but you know a lot of flavor maybe not like maybe not like something that you'd get in 1998 but yet in that classic sense of you know Romeo and Julieta that you might expect from that brand yeah, I would say uh, if I was to put it in like a Romeo classification, it's more along the lines of like the the Romeo by Romeo line than your typical, you know, Reserva Real or, or 1875. Um, just that kind of classic, but with that, that twist. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of flavor. This thing really pumps out a lot of different flavors, and they work very well with each other. Uh, so yeah, that that more modern Romeo style is what we're going for. The box is, is actually really good looking. I'm, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the box artwork that they put together. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is, you know, one of my, uh, one of my more favorite, more favorite, not really a good term, but one of my more favorite, uh, uh, releases we've come out with in the, in the past couple of years. All right. So, um, uh, Coop, uh, some big news this week that involves Nick. And so this could be uncomfortable for him and maybe he <laughs> doesn't want to answer, but, uh, uh, news came down that, uh, finally some of the, uh, the Altidus family of products was, bought and sold to what is this a uh, uh, gemstone investment holding limited uh coop do you know anything about the big sale like uh, jr cigars casa de monte cristo altidus's stuff and then the uh even the, the habanos sa stuff was sold to the a second company but uh do you know anything about this the big sale yeah so really the way it happened was um there were two equity groups that came in and and bought the the premium cigar properties under Imperial. And I guess the easiest way to say it is there was one of one of the groups, which was Gemstone, came in and bought the U.S. piece. And then the rest of the world piece uh, went to a group called Allied right now. And that, and that included the 50% of Habanos as well as the factories right now. Um, so that, that was announced on Monday morning, actually 5.30 in the morning uh, is when I found out about it. Um, I, I got to say, I've been on the other end of it being acquired. So I, I, I'm glad, at least for guys like Nick, they've gotten closure on this right now. Um, I think the one positive you can, and there's a lot of things we can read into this, right? But I think the one positive is that these groups are going to depend on the core competencies of all the people involved with this sale right now. It isn't like Scandinavian coming in and buying this. And like what happened with Royal Agio, where they basically just took it and 
and splice it apart. The core competencies are coming in. These they need the people right now who are who are working uh, in all these uh, areas to continue to work that right now. So I think that's a positive. You can certainly look at that. Now certainly there's unknowns that are going to come down the line. I mean I think for the next few months they're going to be under a regulatory review, so it's going to be business as usual. Then after that there'll be what what we typically see something called transfer of trade when you kind of transfer over to the new business. So I think for at least the, you know the next year you're not going to see many changes after that's a little harder to tell. Right. Uh, Nick, do you have anything to add on that? Like, do, do you envision any changes to the way JR operates or do you have any comment at all on any of this? Well, I got to say Coop did a, a brilliant um, description of, you know, basically what what's occurred and, uh, and everything that I know. Uh, he basically uh, explained all of it. Uh, I will say that um, the higher ups, including Javier Estedes from Tobacco Lair USA, um, this is a, a very positive thing for them. Um, I, I feel like the groups or groups that uh, ended up purchasing us were Javier was like kind of rooting for them uh, to to be in the running. Um, one of the big things that Imperial kind of promised us uh, was that they were going to sell us to some company that's going to break us out and you know just you know sell us next year for a quick profit or whatever. They wanted somebody who cared and who was going to take care of us and help us you know, kind of get into the next generation of cigar smokers. Um, and that's what I think we have right now um, with Gemstone and with Allied. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for us. And uh, like Coop touched on, uh, as of now, for the next, for the foreseeable future, the long foreseeable future, all management is going to be uh, held in place. So no one's going anywhere. Um, and I think it's an exciting time. Get some new blood in, the, in here, uh, you know, and, and help us create a, a new, even better JR and Altidus and Casa de Monte Cristo. Well, that's good. Uh, I'll add one more yeah. opinion into that. Um, you know, Imperial had other businesses like such as cigarettes right now. So it's kind of good now that you're going to see these companies with a premium cigar focus. And I think that can only help in the long run. Uh, Absolutely. Everyone. Yeah. So. Well, we hope it, 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 it is what you say, because, hey, Smoking Alive is brought to you by JR Cigars, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the world's largest premium cigar store. So come on. I mean, we're all rooting for this. All right, boys. Absolutely. Real uh, quick, guys. Yeah. I'm smoking. Oh yeah, Jordan is gonna go for this. What, what's the size? What's the size on that, Jordan? Eight and a half by fifty-two. All right, Tommy. It also comes in a sixty and a seventy, and they're all eight and a half inches. Wherever Tommy Boing. Tommy Lazuka is right now, we're doing this for you, brother, because Jordan <laughs> is going to. And it's supposed to be their their strongest blend to date. So it's got so, some kick to it. See what yeah, it's got some kick. Jordan is going to see what happens with that. Asylums, they got to stop creating their strongest cigar to date because they know, right? <laughs> every every two years, and they keep passing out. So they got to they got to calm down a little. Great bit. jacket, yeah, all those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, boys, let's get into the heart of this show. So, uh, so I've sort of like for the last I don't know four weeks or so, been kind of just avoiding the whole coronavirus topic because like nobody really wants to hear about that every night i mean i don't even want to hear about it every night like like there's only so much you can hear about it but it is affecting the cigar industry so we might as well just do a show and just dive into it and get it all out of the way and just talk about it so that it maybe this is a time capsule episode or whatever and we can look back at it and hopefully laugh at some point uh, i mean you know obviously it's not funny but i'm just saying maybe some point we can look back and say boy we sure were we sure were freaked out, and it turned out to be, you know, not quite as bad as we thought, or whatever. That's what I'm hoping. But we might as well talk about it now because every single aspect of the cigar industry has been affected. So that's what I want to talk about first: is from manufacturers to cigar reps to online retailers to cigar smokers in general to uh, brick and mortar stores, all the way down to cigar media. And we're gonna just hit each one of these one by one, and I'm gonna let Coop and Nick. Uh, comment on these and talk about a what's what challenges are they facing in this and how might things just be different going forward from now on so let's just start with manufacturers the manufacturers obviously have been greatly impacted because some of the factories have been shut down um uh, you know the production that they thought that might happen like some guys i talked to nick perdomo on monday and basically, he said nothing has changed for, for them at all. Uh, they were closed for essentially two days. But so let's talk about manufacturers. How, has, how have the manufacturers been impacted by this shutdown? And how might things change for them moving forward? I'll start with Coop. Coop, what are your thoughts 
on the these challenges for a cigar manufacturer? Do you want me to talk about production first or distribution? Let's talk about uh, production first. Okay, okay, yes. Um, you know, so you have Honduras right now, which has been totally shut down for several weeks right now. I'd say of the cigar-producing countries, they have been hit probably the hardest right now. The Dominican has had some factories shut for a period of time. Some are starting to reopen in limited capacity. Um, some are still shut. I believe EP Carrillo is still shut. Nicaragua, I think you kind of, like Nick uh, Perdomo hit, hit it on the head. There's been some closures. A couple of the companies basically took an extra week off around the Easter holiday. Um, I, there's been a couple of the smaller factories, I think, that have been shut down as well. I know Rick Riste's factory has been shut down. So ultimately, there's there's going to be delays that are going to happen. I mean, there's, there's no other way around it. And at some point, you know, fulfilling orders down the line, it, it's going to be a problem right now. So so companies are concerned with that right now. Um, you know, and I think from a production standpoint, uh, you know, especially the Honduras situation, um, you know, a lot of companies have been paying their workers and stuff down there too. So it's it's taking a you know it's taking a financial hit. There's no way around that. Right now, Man, uh, when is the cigar? When has cigar production ever been shut in our lifetime? I don't know any business, but think about how much cigar production has been shut. We've never seen anything like this before. Right, Nick. Um, I would imagine that this is one of those things where it might have a like a delayed reaction. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I, I think in terms of production. Uh, one thing that companies are definitely going to be changing in the future is storing up product. I mean, you have some guys, um, Nick Perdomo, who you know I, I got to interview this week as well. You know, it's, it's busy, basically business as usual. But some guys are already starting to run low on some stuff, especially some of these smaller factories. And so that's something that when they open up again, they're going to have to look towards in the future. If this ever happens again, we really need to make sure we're prepared, have plenty of already rolled and prepared product ready to go. Um, and as Cooper's touching on distribution, also even guys who have been open, I, I've been following Steve Saka's uh, Facebook. The trouble getting his containers to go through Miami, they, they were held up for some kind of check, and then there was some kind of protest down there. So he's having trouble just getting even the cigars that are already made, um, and it is having a delayed effect. We're starting to see it some of our, you know, on our website though. Some of the things that are generally kind of always there, maybe a little limited, but not crazy limited, are out right now, and we don't know when we're, you know, when we're going to get them back in. Yeah, so 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 the thing, Nick, is like uh, cigar reps. Let's move on to like the the reps, because these these guys have to be affected greatly because their livelihood is traveling, going to cigar shops, and making sure that they've got the product that they need. And ultimately, right now, I mean, it's it's essentially, you know, gone to online stuff. The online guys are killing it. We'll talk about them in a minute. But the the reps themselves, cigar reps, I mean, some of these guys, this is their livelihood. And for a month and a half, it's essentially been shut down. Yeah, it's been really tough. Um, I think one of the good things to come out, I'm not going to say it's a good thing, but one of the inspiring aspects to come out of this is I've talked to s several major manufacturers over the uh, the past few weeks. Um, and almost all of them are continuing to, to pay their people. And they, they said that's a priority for them. A lot of them are taking pay cuts. I spoke to Eric Espinosa, and he's like, number one priority for me right now is to make sure that my guys are getting paid. Um, and so I think that's an awesome thing to see. Um, I know there were some companies, and it was mentioned in Half Wheel, but I don't want to say who it was, that kind of just furloughed their entire, uh, all their reps and, and, and fired a bunch of them. But most companies aren't doing that. So they're, they're really making sure that whatever money they do have coming in right now from online or from even these curbside operations, um, uh, they're trying to get as much money of that to their reps as possible. Yeah. Coop, what do you, what do you have to add about the whole cigar rep situation? Um, so let's – yeah, so Nick, what Nick's saying is true. Um, yeah, definitely I know Eric's been one of the people taking care of his people, and, and a lot of them have been with the in-house reps. The brokers, I think, are another story, though. The independent brokers are another story because they get paid on what they sell. So I think some of them are, are really hurting right now in terms of that. Um, you're seeing, you're seeing, you know, and I'll, I'll take this. I know we're going to talk a little about this, but you know, everyone's becoming a podcaster these days. But <laughs> yeah, I won't put this. In, I won't put. I won't put this into the category. You're seeing some of the virtual events happen right now. Um, I'm seeing more of them pop up. The reps are kind of, you know, taking some initiative there, um, and they're doing these. You know, they get in a Zoom room and they're running the specials. Uh, my local retailer. Did it yesterday with the uh, Ventura Cigar guys. Uh, they literally had an event, and Michael Giannini came on there, and they ran all the specials there, and they had a way to get the call, you know, call in the, your order or to um, go online and do it. I think you're going to see that as something that may stay around. I don't think it will ever replace the in-person event, 
But I think you'll see that as a, a secondary method going forward in the future. If anything like good came out of this, I think that's something that's good. And I'll say this, I spoke to, you know, Matt Booth, who was part of that La Polina thing. They were very, even though it wasn't a, they didn't sell on that event that night, they were just very pleased with using the virtual, virtual technology. And they're looking at that possibly as something for the future right now. Right. All right. So um, then when we move down the chain, we've got the two um, major selling factors of cigars, which is online retailers and brick and mortars from big brick and mortar chains to smaller ones. But let's start with online retailers. I've heard that many online retailers are up as many as much as 70 percent in sales. So this for them has been a bit of a boon. Um can you comment on that, Coop, the, the fact that online retailers are, are in in and how does this affect them moving forward? Like, yeah, like sometimes it's a good thing, but it can be a bad thing as well, like because it's going to end essentially. So you have to, like, be able to prepare for this 70 percent increase and then be able to prepare for going back to normal at some point. Yeah, I, I'm, I can't comment so much on how who's doing better or worse, um, you know, because anyone who's talking is saying on the online piece, they're saying they're doing very well right now. And I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, what, a couple of things that come to mind is, you know, there are some retailers for many years who resisted having any online component to their business. And when I say online, I'm not just talking about big catalog companies. I'm talking just having an online, you know, uh, merchant uh, component to their business. How many of them now wish they had that? All right. How many we wish they set up that website for that right now? For, and I guarantee you there'll be people going to be changing their mind a lot about this going forward uh, because of that. I, I'm going to tell you my personal opinion. I'm not a big believer in curbside. I'm sorry. Um, I will call a retailer and say, send it to me. Um, I'll make the online order, but I'm not I'm, – if I'm staying home, I'm staying home. You know, So I'm not going curbside. So I haven't seen a lot of people saying, wow, curbside's the answer here to get cigars. I have been hearing people say online or call my retailer has been the answer. Right. Nick, now you are a part of one of the, the largest online retailers in the world. Uh, can you comment on how this has affected the JR Cigars online business and how you, you know, is this, is this something that you guys are like, uh, you know, planning to, I'm obviously like, uh, yeah, you might be happy that things are going good now, but you also have to plan like things might go back to normal and, and you got to be prepared for that as well. Exactly. And also have to look at it uh, for, from my point of view in the bigger context of uh, not just JR Cigar, but you know, we have the Demon Crystal Arm, you know, all 20 plus of those. And they always have a place in my heart. I got started in Converter Realide. Um, yeah, the websites are doing very right now. The stores are hanging in there. They're there to curve I was talking about. Um, the, there is, you know, obviously, when this is all this is all done tomorrow, there's going to be a down to online sales and a return to brick and mortar locations. Uh, however, what we're hoping to do is even if we can keep a fraction of those new customers just kind of in the back of their minds, like, hey, you know, I'm still going to go to my brick and mortar for, you know, some some singles or if they have a new release or if they have an event. But anytime I want a box, you know, JR treated me so well during this time. I got my product quickly. So it's really a matter of making sure our customer service is there, making sure our prices are adjusted correctly um, and giving them an experience that even though they still listen, I still go to cigar stores. I still go to cigar lounges, you know, a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of keeping us in their minds for, hey, you know, I really want to buy a box or uh, uh, my local store doesn't have this and having them come back uh, later on. Now, Nick, it's even from an online, a big online retailer's perspective, such as JR, Famous, Cigars International, and so on and so forth. It's important for you guys to make sure, I mean, we we need the local brick-and-mortar guys. And those guys have suffered maybe the most in all of this. Because, I mean, let's face it, just like Coop said, like curbside service is, is a way to kind of get by. But I can't imagine that those guys uh, are doing, you know, really what they need to do on that. But it's important for cigar smokers in general to have that local brick and mortar that they can go to you sure it's great to have gr cigars to order boxes or maybe things that they can't get from their local guy but you need that local guy that's that is the bread yeah. and butter of you know the cigar smoking hobby i couldn't agree more eric and and our our or at least my personal hope uh you know the cigar nerd in me and and the the brick and mortar veteran uh is that things are going to get better you know i was told when i was talking to michael rosales a few weeks ago he said Listen, the stores out there, even if they didn't have an online presence, but the stores that really had a dedicated following, that really took care of their customers where they're on a first-name basis and really show that exemplary customer service, 
they're going to be fine once this is over if they're able to stay open. Their customers are going to be flooding back to them because they were able to give them that experience. Places that didn't offer that, um, that kind of didn't treat their customers that well, didn't have a great reputation, and didn't you know kind of evolve like a lot of brick and mortar stores did, they're going to run into a little more trouble. I want the brick and mortar industry to to thrive again. It's my favorite place to go. I mean, I can order cigars for my own company all the live long day, but I'm going to sit on my front steps by myself and smoke them. It's, it's a cigar lounge. It's a cigar store I uh, that, that I go to. And so uh, I, I think it's, it's totally necessary for the industry to continue uh, to have these brick and mortar locations, uh, you know, get up and running again. I agree. Coop, what's your uh, prognosis for the brick and mortar guys? Um, you know, I think, I think we're going to see some fall off. Um, if I had to give a percentage number, then maybe it could be as high as 10%, maybe a little higher. Um, there's going to be some fall off. There's no way around it. Um, but that's, I think, you know, a lot of businesses are going to fall into that boat, maybe not specific to the cigar industry. Right. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, you'll see that, um, at least in Charlotte, it's, I don't think anyone's going to go out of business. Um, you know, we have a castle of Monte Cristo in Mooresville and I'll, I'll just kind of comment. We get great customers. I get great customer service from them up there. They're a great, they're, they're a brick and mortar in my eyes, even though I know behind mm-hmm. the scenes, there's, there's a big arm, but I mean, it's a very good, good place to go to. So I want, I want all the places that be have all these options for people out there to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's ultimately that's sort of like this. You know, if there was a skeleton, if there was a skeleton of the cigar hobby, you know, the spine is the the brick and mortar stores because that's where guys go to 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 buy stuff, and then they might like something, and then they order online from an online retailer. So that's ultimately important that's their lounge that's where they meet other guys that's where they bring people to get into the hobby like that is literally like this this spinal cord of the yeah. industry eric and that's a good point you know we're all about social interaction mm-hmm. in in the, in the cigar world and we're now being forced with social distancing it's like right. a polar opposite so it, it's tough and, and i'm worried about what the lounge experience will be like as things start to get back to normal. That's my next question, Coop. What will the lounge experience be like? What will be different maybe forever moving forward with your local lounge? I mean, it might be, uh, here's just an example. I'll throw this out there. It might be where you, you can't handle and, and grab a cigar and, and smell it. I mean, what are some of the things that you think, Coop, that could uh, forever be changed with what's going on right now? I mean, you may see less crowd. I, I don't think we're going to see drastic changes, right? I mean, you may. See, I think you'll see more. Obviously, uh, cleanliness conditions come in there right now to be much more enforced. I've seen it already with a few retailers that I've talked to. Um, I don't know necessarily if the walk-in humidor will go away. I think ultimately, um, you know, as business starts to pick up, they're going ha- to have to go back to a self-service model with that. There are some retailers I know who are against walk-in humidors and want to basically serve each customer. Um, and I know a few stores with that, they're kind of happy in a way, you know, because this may help their model a little better. Um, and I mentioned I think some of the seating. I think you'll see maybe less crowded seating. Um, I don't know. Do we go back to those days when the cigar store, everyone's stuffed in there with an event and some of these smaller ones? I don't know right away if we go there, but we're going to have to see. All right. Anything to add on that, uh, Nick? I think Coop nailed it. Um, listen, you know, when, back in my retail days, I couldn't stand customers grabbing it and shoving the cigar up their nose. Like, <laughs> yeah. so some of this is is a is a good thing in the end. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I definitely think we're going to see changes uh, for the at least the next few months, maybe even the next year. But I also think that the cigar industry and the cigar community is extremely resilient. They're one of at least on my Facebook, one of the biggest you know opponents of this social distancing, and they want to get back out there. Um, so I think once everything settles down, I, I would like to hope that events and lounges continue to thrive um, because you got to remember that, again, online is great, you know, jrcigars.com. But uh, in this industry, not only are these retail, are these brick and mortar retailers responsible for giving people the cigars, they're also responsible for giving them the place to smoke because you yeah. can't really smoke anywhere anymore. You can't right. go to very few restaurants, you know, even the uh, even ones with outdoor seating don't let you smoke. So it's an important factor for guys who live in an apartment or guys who live like me where I don't have a back deck or anything to not only am I going to get the cigars there, but I'm also going to be able to enjoy them there as well. So we're seeing it. We're seeing a little of the uh, makeshift lounges forming in the Southeast. People taking the folding chairs out in the parking lots. 
Um, I know, I know Jeff from Corona was even saying they were going into the back parking lot and people were doing it. So, you know, eventually, eventually, you know, in some areas it's going to get colder, it's going to rain, you know, so people are going to want to get back in the lounges too. Um, it's a very important part of, it's a very important part to what, what a lot of us do. All right. So we have uh, two more important aspects to talk about with this, which is the, a, the cigar smoker themselves. How has this affected the cigar smoker themselves and B Cigar media. We got to figure out what's going on with cigar media. It's, it's it's a new world for cigar media as well. But first, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars, one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, including the brand new exclusive Romeo and Julieta Passion. Don't forget to check out their social media pages, including YouTube, where they feature cigar reviews, interviews, and their famous weekly top five videos. Check out JR Cigars. For all of your premium cigars needs, thank you to JR Cigars for sponsoring Smoke Light Live. Nick, uh, the cigar smoker themselves, like this has been a bizarre two months. I mean, um, you're just a regular cigar smoker like I am. How has this affected, you know, just your day to day being a cigar smoker in general? Like, uh, how will this affect you moving forward as a cigar smoker? Uh, maybe we'll just get past that. Maybe in a couple months from now, we'll we'll think of this as just a memory. I hope, and I pray that that's what it is. But uh, cigar smokers have been affected. I know guys have gotten to the stage where they they. I know guys that they go to a cigar lounge, they buy a certain cigar, and that's all they do. They've had to completely sort of reinvent themselves in this hobby. Nick, how has this affected you as just a cigar smoker in general? Well, I'm going to tell you, I'm probably a little bit different. Uh, I've actually thrived during this time. I'm probably smoking more cigars now and getting to try newer things uh, than ever before. Uh, I'm going through my back catalog and my cigar inventory just because I have the time now. My biggest thing is I'm not a five, six cigar a day smoker because it's cigar smoking is very special to me. I like to sit down and enjoy it. I, you know, when I was working in the store, I didn't like to have to keep putting a, bringing a cigar up and putting it down and relighting it. I like to sit down, relax, have a conversation, have a drink, you know, do an interview or what have you. So now that I have all this extra time, um, I'm actually smoking a lot more. And like I, you know, we were talking before, I got to smoke the, Co I smoked the Cohiba Spectre, which is, I'm like, I was never going to smoke that. But I'm like, you know, what the hell? Might as well smoke it now. You know, <laughs> like what's a better time? And it was, it was outstanding. Um, so any kind of free, nice day that, that it is outside, I'm out there, I'm smoking, you know, two to three now, you know, in, in my free time. So for, in that situation, uh, I'm doing well. But I think for the average smoker, yeah, they're going to have to change how they're handling things. They're going to have to change their routines. Um, you know, the guy who's used to going to the local brick and mortar and getting his same one or two every day, maybe now he has to buy online and he's got to wait for it to get there. So it's kind of throwing them off. So I, I, it definitely is presenting challenges to your, to your average smoker. Coop? You know, yeah, I agree with a lot what Nick said. Now, um, one thing that kind of piggybacking on what I said earlier about the lounges, you know, will we see scenarios where, you know, it used to be you get a cigar, you go in the lounge, no matter how many people are there. Now, are there going to be limits now that are going to be have to abide by now? Wait, maybe you can't smoke in there now. You're going to have to wait for someone to come out. Um, I don't think people are having trouble getting cigars right now, and I don't think they will have trouble getting cigars. I think there's, a, there's enough out there, um, and hopefully, like I said, things turn around where there's not a – cigar shortage but people i think there's, there's a challenge in, in smoking finding places to smoke right now um which is good as far as me personally i've had i've been smoking more or less i do work from my house most of the time now so it's kind of like i'm, I'm in my same routine the thing that's changed is normally at like 40 at work i drive down to my local shop and, and kind of hang there for my first cigar of the day um and then home for dinner i'm not doing that anymore now i'm just doing it here so coop uh, the big one is media like this. <laughs> this has been a big change. Like is cigar media has totally changed with coronavirus. We we literally have there is live content basically 24 seven. Somebody doing a, a Zoom virtual herf. We have the dojo virtual lounge. There's there's different shows. There's uh, manufacturers doing shows. This is a whole new world for cigar media. Now, Coop, my question to you is, how long does this last? Well, think about how many people who aren't in the cigar business who get into media uh, eventually fall out. Um, it's going to happen here, too, right? So I'm already seeing – you see some of the companies that have already started doing this stuff, you're seeing the content's already starting to fall down because they realize it's a lot of work. Once they have to get back to their day jobs, 
it's going to be a different story. Um, so I don't, I think you may see some people continue it, right? But I don't think it, it's going to be, um, it's a lot. I mean, no one's looking at schedules. We were up against six other shows. I mean, literally last <laughs> a week ago, six other shows. I mean, and, and, and I mean, you should try to look to see if there's someone up, you know, especially if it's a bigger guest, it may not be the best idea to have it. Look, at, look at your surroundings. What I've been most disappointed in, I don't think the cigar companies have leveraged this. The, I, I don't have a problem with the cigar companies herping with their retailers and even having herps with customers. But what they are not doing is they're, they're, they have an opportunity to really showcase a lot about their products and companies. They're only doing it really on these types of shows, the established shows, because we're kind of driving that conversation. A lot of them are just getting on, and they're not even talking about their brands. And to me, it's a wasted opportunity. You know what? If you got something in the pipeline, maybe it's the time you show some of that, uh, present some of the packaging, or present some of the ideas. You have an opportunity to really get people hooked on your brand right now. There's, I know people want to meet the cigar industry people, but ultimately you want them to be uh, a customer of yours and believe in your products. I'm just not seeing that talk on a, on a lot of these things that the manufacturers are doing. Coop, have you felt uh, a burnout? Like, uh, I mean, ult- initially when this started to come down, there was a million shows and there was a million people doing all this sort of stuff. And But now after a few weeks of this, it seems, I don't know, maybe I'm just wrong. I'm, I'm going to ask you, but do you see a little bit of a burnout from the audience? Um, I think there, I, I haven't, well, if, if you look at, I haven't seen a, like our numbers go down. They've gone up, but I think what I've seen is a lot of people just kind of go into the, you know, the herf type rooms at night right now, maybe as opposed, but I haven't seen a burnout with the audience in terms of coop right now. Um, I think right now we're, we're not up against any sports or movies or anything like that. That's a good so point. we have a little bit, we have, a, just, I can say the coop numbers, we had our best, we had our best two months ever wow. in March and April. Now, so, now yeah. Nick, you've you've uh, started a series, a live series, which has been really cool. You've had some awesome manufacturers on there. This is something that's new to you guys. So this is this is new territory for JR Cigars. You've mm. been doing a show. Uh, talk about it from your perspective, uh, from a media perspective. So I got to agree with a lot of what uh, what Coop is saying, and it also drives me crazy too when people are putting you know shows like this together, you know, and they're and they're talking about God knows what, and they're not talking about uh, their product. What we've done, um, we, we basically just expanded our podcast from a once a week, you know, maybe occasionally getting a guest, uh, which we've been doing for about a year now, to, listen, all these guys are, are sitting at home or sitting in Nicaragua, let's get them on, and we really push the product talk. Um, my, my first question is always, like, let's talk about your brand. You know, what do you got coming out new? Uh, we've talked to Macanudo about the new Inspirado Green. We've talked to Nick Melillo about, some, you know, some new stuff he's working on. And that's what I really want to focus on. And every time I pitch one of these shows to a manufacturer, you know, in, in, you know, in the email, I basically say, like, listen, this is not like a coronavirus. Like, what's going to happen? This is an opportunity for you. I want to give you a voice directly to our customers, tell them about what your product is and about, because this is also, this is PCA time. Thank you, Coop. That means a yeah, lot. That's a big. That's there. a big thumbs up here. That's exactly what you should be doing. This Nick, is, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It was. It's. It's an honor to for someone of, of your stature to give me a thumbs up. Honestly, right. um, but this this is also going into the PCA season. Like you know, just you, you already had these projects kind of worked out. Yeah, there might be a, a delay by a month or two, but get people excited. That's what they want. And we, we've had a lot of guys do that. A, a lot of people are talking up their their new product. Um, and I've seen a lot of the comments on our on our Facebook and on our YouTube. Like, oh, can't wait to try that. Oh, very excited. Um, so that's what we really want to focus on. We want to focus on the new stuff. All right, boys, this is the million dollar question. Um, the premium cigar association trade show, uh, coop, will it happen a and B if it does happen now, you, if the audience isn't aware, coop wrote a, a fantastic article this week, which I loved tremendously about uh, some of the rules that Venetian has put into place for the show. So, Coop, will the show happen? Will you like the rule of place? Um, think they're going to bail and they're going to cancel this. They're going to cancel it. I think the people in DCA, they're people, smart people. They see these suffering. Um, know that they're operating under a very difficult set of rules right now. Um, so, I think they're going to cancel it. First of all, if they decide to have this show, okay, it's going to make Cigar Con look like a walk in the park compared to the reaction they're going to get. <laughs> they are going to get, I mean, crucified. I mean, that's, I don't know how else to put it. 
no one's going to get upset at them if they cancel it unless they wait too late to do it, right? But, you know, there's a, so the Venetian put out a program called Venetian Clean, right? And in there they put a lot of – it's a comprehensive set of guidelines, right, that are in there. But there's a lot of things that are going to make – that are going to establish a lot of inconveniences to go to the show as well as just make things difficult once you're on the trade show floor. I mean you're going to have to be dealing with thermal scanners, right? Um, some people may not be able to get into facilities if they have a certain body temperature. Go with that with the, um, with the, um, you know, heat out there. Um, there's going to be, there's going to be social distancing rules put in place and that's going to have impacts on the trade show floor. Um, you think about that, you know, thinking, getting into the trade show floor, maybe a, a hassle. There's inconvenience all, all over. I, how are people going to go to Bar Luca or, to, you know, which is took the place of the circle bar at night where it's packed into the. Was packed into the uh, aisle. Now people say, "Well, Coop, there's less people going to the trade show under this." Yeah, I get it, but it doesn't take a lot, right? If they're gonna have to put, there's gonna be social distancing um, enforced throughout the casino area. So I don't, I don't see that happening. You know, four people in an elevator. Imagine right. like how hard it's gonna be to get up and down your room with four people in an elevator. Right. It doesn't take a lot of people for for an elevator to become an inconvenience. Um, add to that, you're going to have more hassles at the airport. You're going to have more hassles with the taxi lines. Um, it, it's going to be harder to get in. There's going to be no buffets. All right, Jordan, what did you do? I just, I don't know. Did you spill, <laughs> did you spill your... Spilled my beer in the keyboard or something? Spill your beer on the internet? I was smoking this uh, <laughs> pandemonium. I just How's that pandemonium going, right Jordan? right in the keyboard. Tell us how that pandemonium it's is going. It's pretty good. It, it, uh, yeah. it started out uh, medium full right away. Uh, flavors are trying to compete with the body. Flavors a little bit behind, but uh, it's, it's pretty tasty. The, the strength's really starting to creep up. You can feel it uh, creeping up the back of the throat, that kind of thing. Oh, nice. Not bad. All right, well, this is uh, continuing uh, episode 243 of Smoke Night Live. We have William Cooper and Nick Labretti on the air with us. Guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Glad, glad to be here. All right, boys, it's time for our weekly top three. We're going to wrap this bad boy up. Weekly yes, top sir. three. All right, this is, this is, a, this is a, a fun topic for me. The weekly top three is this week's uh, topic is, what are the three best foods that are good with leftovers? So I'll, I'll go ahead and start. And Jordan, you can add yours if you like as well. So, like, obviously, there's one that stands out above the rest. Which is pizza, right? I mean, everybody everybody likes a cold slice of pizza the next day, but there's more. Like for me, I'm an Italian. Pasta fazool. Like if you have pasta uh. fazool the next day, it's even better than the first day that you had pasta fazool. Like pasta mm-hmm. fazool is one of those foods that the, the you know what it is, Jordan. Mm. The the noodles, the pasta, they soak more up. They soak up that parmesan flavor and the garlic, and it just tastes better. The second day, it's incredible. And then finally, for me, obviously, you know, hey, turkey, right? What's better than turkey? You have uh, Thanksgiving, and then boom, turkey. You can have turkey for five, you know, five, six days after Thanksgiving is done. Jordan, do you have any uh, of your favorites that are good leftover foods? I was going to go with uh, pork green chili for a similar reason that you brought up with the with the pasta jewel that that gets a little spicier, soaks up a mm. little more of that, uh, and that's that's it for me. Pork green chili. All right, Coop. What are your favorite three leftovers? Oh, uh, I'll start with Chinese food. Actually, Ooh, the second day, nice. you, you you reheat that in the wok. You could put a little more spice, a little more oil in it. Um, totally. You know, it, it really the second day you get. It's, I'm talking takeout food here. The second day, it's really good if you kind of put it in the wok, as like I always say. Um, whether it's the chow mein or the lo mein noodles or even the beef with, beef with mushroom or whatever. So I'll, I'll go with that one as my first one. All right. What's, uh, what's your first one, Nick? So my first one, going back on the, uh, the Italian thing here, is um, pesto, any kind of macaroni with pesto on it. And this is from me being a fat kid where my mom would make <laughs> pesto on a Sunday and then I would get up at 9.30 at night hungry and go to the fridge and I would just eat it cold with a fork out of the main <laughs> dish. And it's, I'm telling you, it's really good. It's, it's got a, like a pasta salad quality to it. Uh, but yeah, pesto, like cold pesto the next day, phenomenal. All right, Coop, what's your number two best favorite leftover? I'm going to go like any type of like roast, like whether it's a round of roast or a lamb roast. Um, that stuff is um, 
you can use it and like get a super stew out of it. Um, and it's really, really good. Uh, I don't necessarily want, want to reheat that, but, uh, if it's on a sandwich, like you said, with the turkey or whether it's in, in a, in a soup or stew, like the, the lamb leftover lamb and stew is, is, is fantastic. Um, so I do enjoy that a lot. Cooper, are you a leftover guy? Do you tend to be a leftover guy or no? Um, I don't like, like, I'm not, I'll be honest with you, but there's certain things like I, I'll eat leftovers of that are, are better, but most of the time I'm not, a, I, I don't eat out. We don't eat out a lot here. Um, like everyone eats out, it seems like, but we don't eat out a lot. Um, so I like variety, but, um, I like having leftovers for like snacks as opposed to having them as meals. All right, Nick, what's your number two favorite leftover? I got to go with, uh, this is an old man answer, uh, meatloaf. Uh, I love, <laughs> I, I love a good meatloaf and I like taking it the next day. Um, and you do a meatloaf sandwich. What you do is I put it in a pan with a little oil so it gets crispy. And then I put the bread in the same pan and get a little char going on the bread. And then I slice a cheese on top. Uh, and it's just, it's so, it's so good. A little barbecue sauce to give it like a, a slight glaze, but yeah, reading, heating it the next day in a pan, giving it that nice crisp is uh is fantastic. I, you know, I've just never been a meatloaf guy. Like, I don't know oh, what good. it is, but I'm just, I don't, Jordan, are you a meatloaf guy? Not a meatloaf guy either. You're not a meatloaf uh, you guy? You passed either? it down, I guess. Cooper, I are know. you a meatloaf guy? Love meatloaf. All right. Yeah, 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 I love meatloaf. Uh, there's a lot of different varieties you could do with it. We got two thumbs there's up, a gra- two there's thumbs a gra- down. There's a gravy base. There's a ketchup base. I mean, there's some, it's such a versatile loaf. <laughs> of all the loaves. I, of all I, the loaves, it's the most versatile. My mom was a great cook, but like, I don't think meatloaf was like in her repertoire. Like Her, her repertoire was basically like you know spaghetti and mm. pasta vazool, so maybe that's why. Like I never just had the right yeah. meatloaf. All right, Coop, what's your final, your number three favorite leftover? Well, that's, now you got me with the tough one there because all mine were taken. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's an interesting one. You know, I'll probably also uh, stand by and go with um, like the meatballs, because mm. again, what you could do meatball is uh, sandwiches. Yeah, but you make a meatball parm with it too. Where you could get the bread crispy, and you could like put cheese on the meat, uh, the meatballs, and get them a little more crispy in like a, a broiler or something. Um, real, really good the second day, but especially like that's why I like them on the sandwiches that way. All right, Nick, what's your final and your favorite, your third favorite leftover? I actually got to steal uh, Coop's first one, uh, Chinese food. I don't yes. do it fancy like him. And like in like uh, a wok with no, no oil, what I do is I get the biggest bowl I have, and I put any Chinese leftover I have in that. So it yep. could be a mix of General Chow's, rice, yes. uh, bo- you know, boneless ribs, and it, they all go in there. I nuke it, and I just I just pig out for like an hour. There you go. Yeah, Chinese That's is one what of those you do. things where it, when you take when you mix. All of it together, right? It's better. Yeah, than it's, some of its, it's parts. better. Yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah, it Even is. just like the leftover white rice, you could just put it yeah, in there. Just and get, throw yeah. it in there. Yeah, it's awesome. Right. So like the when you have when you when you first order Chinese food, like you're 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 eating your sesame chicken separately, and you're eating your oh no, I go mix it all together man, right you, away. You do right away. I Instantly. see. Like that's what I do the next day, Jordan. I do that the next day. Like the next day is the day you're where we just mix it all together. It, it depends on what I have. If you have sesame chicken or general sows, it, and the, the container can be too small for the size of the chicken to give it a good mix. But boneless spare ribs, they're small. They're loose. You can kind of move them around in that little container and get a good mix going. <laughs> Dang, you I'm guys a, down to a science. Yeah. I know. Man. I mean, look, look, look at me. It's, it's a science. Yeah. <laughs> I got I to gotta be with Coop when he has Chinese because when he throws it back in the wok, that sounds delicious. That's the key thing. You got to throw it back in the wok, yeah. Throw it back in the wok. All right, boys. Yeah. Uh, tell folks what's coming up next on Cigar Coop and Jar Cigars, uh, some of your live shows and things that you're doing, how people can find you. Good. Tell them which one. Let's of them to start go. with. Uh, let's start with Coop, maybe. Um. Yeah. So uh, we're we're still do. Actually, we have a pretty big live show. Actually, we have a show coming up on Monday, uh, for the Jukebox Show, which is our music show, and uh, we are interviewing one of the founders of Cheap Trick. Oh, uh, I Rick saw Nielsen. that. That's wow. cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And how we met him. Uh, his son happened to be a fan of the show. Hey, Coop. We, Coop. I want to know this. Now, I I could just be totally stupid, and I'm probably going to make a fool of myself saying this, but you know the song, I Want You to Want Me, right? Yeah. Is there a studio version of that song, or is it always, you know, the only one I'm aware of is the live Budokan version of that song, which is a great song, but is there like a studio version of that song? I think there is. I have to double check that. Um, to there be is, sure. and it stinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. It, it, you yeah. know, they were, a band, they were a band, the Budokan concert. You know, we were growing up, Eric, at that time. They they came in from the live route. Like, normally it's the 
live their live music comes out after they establish them as a studio band. It was the opposite with these guys, um, how how they hit that. So, but yeah, Nick's right. The the live version is infinitely better. On it's that so thing. much better. You have the Richard Sim. What was it Richard Simmons in the background? Yeah. Or uh, what's his name? Richard. Uh, yeah. Richard I, Simmons. Yeah. That's yeah. probably one of the rare songs that's just way better live than it is. Yeah. You know, a studio version, which is weird, yeah. right? Like that's that's not normally the case. Typically, yeah. I, I like the studio version better. Uh, me too, because you know normally there's a lot more engineering that goes into it. But sometimes they can improvise a um, a uh, you know a studio version live, and it's a little different there. Right. Uh, so yeah, but we are taping that interview tomorrow. It will air Monday. Uh, uh, you know, Dave's in Australia, so it's a little tough to get uh, schedules, and we like to run the show during the week as opposed to on a Saturday night. Is what we found. How'd you uh, how'd you hook that guy? How'd you hook uh, the guy from Cheap Trick? Um, Rick Nielsen's son is a guy by the name of Aaron Nielsen. He is a, uh, he's been a long time, uh, watcher of the shows. Oh, okay. Um, and he's a cigar guy. He's like really, I mean, he chases down everything. He watches all of our shows. Um, and he happened to start to find out about the jukebox show. And our first show we did was on rock and roll hall of fame. And he was just talking to us and one thing other than another. And he said, yeah, my dad's in the rock and roll hall of fame. Just and I'm like, who's your dad? He's like, Rick Nielsen. <laughs> I'm like, a cheap trick? Yeah, he's like the founder. Wow. So, That's so awesome. I, I went to him and I just, hey, any chance we get your dad on the show? And he's like, absolutely. Wow. So, uh, so I, uh, I was a little nervous about promoting it, but he's, uh, you know, he's, everything's been set up. You know, I went to him. I had to get permission to use the cheap trick logo uh-huh. uh, because I didn't want to have any legal issues, but they gave us permission to use that. Um, yeah, so that's going to air Monday at 8 o'clock. Um, and then Thursday we have, um, Nick Perdomo on nice. as well. Um, so, um, we'll have him on for, uh, for an evening and, you know, Nick's always, uh, Nick, you guys did a great job with Nick. So, um, that's always good. And, um, but this week we have a bunch of reviews coming out. The Monte Cristo Nicaragua reviews finally going to hit the LFD TA Maduro's hitting and, uh, Saka's tricky Traka. It's finally oh, getting reviewed. Uh, that I right. first smoked. I actually first smoked that with you guys. Oh, that's so a, that's uh, yeah, there's a bunch cigar. of stuff coming up. Yeah, Cuevas Reserva, you know, uh, Connecticut. So a lot of stuff coming up. This should be a busy week for reviews. All right. Well, everybody, look for that on Cigar Coop. Uh, yep. Nick, what about you guys? What do you guys got coming up this week? So uh, all next week we got a we got a pretty stacked week. Um, we're doing a, a cigar tasting with uh, Terrence from Aganorsa. He sent me and Greg some some test fumas. You know, not not fully rolled. That we're going to test out. We're doing a beer pairing with Omar Frias using his uh, his Fratello beer. Um, and we're also having a coop on the show next week on uh, what is that May the sixth at yes. three p.m. Yeah, cool. Awesome. I look forward to that. Yeah, guy. And, and Terrence's Terrence's uh, seminar he does with that is awesome. I'm excited. I'm really excited yeah, for it. Really is excited, and again, it's a great way to showcase their product as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. yep. All right, boys, uh, hang with me. Don't go away, you too. But yes, guys, uh, Monday is a new episode of Cigar Spaniola, and that's every Monday around lunchtime. We we do a cigar. We're doing a show during quarantine for fun, where Randy Griggs teaches me Spanish because you know you go down on these trips uh, to Nicaragua, to Honduras, to DR. And I'm a total dork. I don't know how to, to communicate. And so, like, he's teaching me, you know, like, what do you do when, you get, when you're on the airplane? What do you do when you get into the airport? How do you find your luggage? You know, cer- certain phrases and things that you say, Jordan. And then, boom, into the, this week we're going to do when you get to the hotel, checking in. Maybe you need to uh, find out uh, you, want, you need an extra pillow. How do you ask for an extra pillow? I don't know. Maybe you want to do, do it. Maybe you go to the bar and you want to order some drinks. Like you want to, you don't want to sound stupid. So Randy's teaching me uh, cigar spaniel. The last two weeks have been amazing. Like we've had incredible uh, viewership watching cigar spaniel, which I never expected, which is cool. So join us Monday for another episode of cigar spaniel. That'll be fun. Uh, Wednesday, of course, is a another episode of the Flavor Odyssey with Robbie uh, Rasmussen and Randy Griggs. It's a challenge episode. They're going to be doing. The Hoya de Nicaragua Cinco de Cadas with an Alaskan Amber. So that should be interesting. An Alaskan yeah. Amber. Jordan, have you ever had an Alaskan Amber? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and then finally, um, uh, Klaus Kellner will be on the show a week from tonight. We're going to do classes in session. Hey, we're going to have a contest. We are going to ask you guys to come up with the 10 best cigar questions. These have to be tough questions because Klaus, he can answer any question about, A, cigar manufacturing, 
tobacco farming, you name it, he can answer all those questions. So we're looking for 10 hard questions. So we will post a contest this week, and we'll pick the 10 best questions, and three of those questions are going to win prizes. So be prepared. And don't forget about Scarbecue, which is May 24th, and that's when you can win incredible prizes from Drew Estate. Smoke Night Live has been brought to you by JR Cigars, the world's largest online cigar store. Guys, let's get going on the Cigar Dojo app right now. Pull out your Cigar Dojo app, post what you're smoking, post what you're listening to, post what you're drinking. We'll have some fun all night long on the Cigar Dojo like we do every single Friday night. Until next week, remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys next week. Introducing the all-new Romeo y Julieta Passione. The story of this cigar dates back almost a year, during a visit to the Flor de Coupon factory in Honduras, we witnessed the endless amount of passion and love the workers put into each and every cigar. This hand-rolled cigar uses a blend of Dominican and Honduran filler tobaccos, along with a rich and flavorful binder from the U.S. The wrapper is a zesty Ecuadorian Habano leaf that offers up notes of pepper, leather, nuts, and a dash of cocoa. Ignite your passion and pick up a box of the Romeo y Julieta Passion at jrcigars.com.